Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies to have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. And I'm Gal. I'm Alan. Count down our top five time travel movies of all time is Chris from Filmstocked. Welcome to Hello. the podcast, Chris. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to talk about this new DC movie and some time travel flicks. So let's start with our top fives, uh, our top five time travel movies. Uh, and I guess because you're a guest, do you want to go first? Let's go five through three. Yeah, let's do it. So um, this was a tough one for me. I was thinking there's a lot of time travel movies, sort of uh, the variety, you know. So at number five for me, I have Tenet, a Christopher Nolan movie. It's like less time travel, more time inversion. I'm a big sucker for this movie. I know a lot of people, it's kind of a divisive one for him. I'm excited to rewatch it soon before Oppenheimer. Number four for me, X-Men Days of Future Past. It's like my top two or three favorite X-Men movie. I think it's brilliant the way they incorporated like the older generation with the newer generation. And it's a movie that I go back and rewatch quite a bit. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in that movie. He's the man. Um, and then I guess rounding out my number three before we go around the horn is uh, Avengers Endgame. I don't care. I'm a sucker for that movie. It is the perfect conclusion to the Infinity Saga in my mind. And I, I'll always cherish that one, seeing it on the big screen. So that's my five through three. I will refrain to comment in some of those yeah we try not to react now. if it's like <laughs> if it's on both of ours but um the first one tenet i can say tenet is not on mine so i'll comment on that um gao knows this that tenet's like my least favorite uh nolan film and i think i did not know that you didn't okay so i guess you did not know that <laughs> uh yeah i'm not a huge fan of tenet don't get me wrong he's my favorite director so like it's still like an eight for me, like his worst movie, but um, but like yeah, I I guess I didn't even consider putting it on the list, but I guess it's a it's a good shout. I I think I still wouldn't have because it's like it's not a uh, one of my favorites, but it's a good shout. It's a very like he plays with time very weirdly in that movie. It's a it's a fun time. Tenets tense fire tenets up there. I've seen it twice. Uh, I'm with you. I saw it in theaters. I'm with you there. Great. And the other... Yeah. yeah right. I saw. I think I saw it twice as well, but not in theaters. I think I saw it once in theaters and once back home. Something like that, probably. Uh, I think on HBO Max, right? Because I remember it was like the first year of HBO Max and it was a big deal. Yeah, it was one of their, their big like tentpole movies. Awesome. So, uh, Gal, do you want to go next? Okay, yeah. I was, I was thinking long about this one. Um... Yeah, because there were some one. of them that I just did I want to put on did I not want to put them on um so at the end of the day I almost went with Tenet but it was like number six uh but number five for me is actually Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure I haven't seen it yet <laughs> really man I, I love Bill and Ted I really wanted to shout this one out because I feel like I've just talked a lot about Tenet and I want to shout out an old movie. I don't know how you haven't seen Bill and Ted's Fire. I haven't seen um, any of the Bill and Ted movies. I've seen the first one and the third one, which is also really good. It's a lot of fun. You got you got Keanu Reeves as Ted Logan delivering his most nuanced and deep performance that there is. Um, and uh, and then you have Alex Winter as um, 
as uh as bill s preston esquire he always introduces himself with the esquire as if he's some lawyer even though he's like a 17 year old high schooler and one of them i don't remember who but like one of the dads is threatening to send them off to military school you've seen the movie right like do you remember this i haven't seen it either yeah oh you haven't seen it okay so guys watch bill and ted (laughs) oh my god it's such a good movie uh and so i showed it to my dad when uh when the new one came out and we were trying to like find a place to rent it because it was also the pandemic and you also have like um you have like napoleon going down a water slide or uh genghis khan riding a skateboard in a mall you have all this ridiculous stuff there's never a bad time to talk about bill and ted because it's so much fun so that's why i went with bill and ted i love keanu i don't know how i haven't seen this (laughs) Yeah, this is honestly Keanu has most charismatic because all the other times he's like super like, whoa, like he, he has to keep a straight face. But here he gets to be he's an idiot as Ted, but he's really charismatic. Number four, I also almost put X-Men Days of Future Past, by the way, I've seen it like five times, but I ended up deciding to put another movie from 2014, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Um also, I'm not sure how many times. I've seen it maybe twice. I definitely saw it once in theaters, and I remember just having so much fun with it. It didn't take itself too seriously, and the action was really good. You guys have seen it? Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. Okay, I've seen so part. It's... I never finished it, but I'm going to check it out. Oh, really? A sequel, really? So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I, think it's, I think it's Doug Liman's probably his best movie. I might agree with that, actually. Um, I know it's your number three. Yeah, so I'd put that over Born Identity, and then... Edge of Tomorrow. Number three, I went with an older one, and I hope you guys have seen it, 12 Monkeys from 1995. It's directed by Terry Gilliam and has Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt in his first Oscar-nominated performance, Christopher Plummer. Chris, have you seen it? I don't think Alan has. It's on the watch list. But I don't remember it. Like I don't remember. Uh, so you guys haven't seen Twelve Monkeys. <laughs> I knew it was good to put it on the list because y'all haven't seen it. Even if even if I've seen X Men more times, well, I actually I've seen it. I just don't remember anything because uh, I seen it like ten years ago or something like that. Actually, I think I tried to get Alan to watch it for one of the episodes, and it just didn't it come didn't into happen, fruition. Yeah. Um, but definitely watch it. I watched it while it was like during the pandemic, and this is a world that's been like ruined, and the apocalypse just happened, so they have to go back in time uh, to find to stop some like I forget what it was. It was some sort of like disease that was being spread by some terrorists that led to the apocalypse. So it really hit close to home during all the lockdowns. But it's a really good movie. I haven't seen all of Terry Gilliam's movies, but this is one of the best. Awesome. Uh, so I guess now that leaves me, uh, my number, my number five, I don't think you guys are going to have on your list. Uh, I guess that's kind of like my tenet is, uh, Palm Springs directed by Max uh, Barbaco and starring Andy Samberg and, uh, Kristen Milioti. Have you watched it, Chris? Yeah, that's a great one from 2020. Like that movie, it balances the comedy with like really serious topics so well. Like J.K. Simmons is like a scene stealer in that movie. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, he's like going on a rampage, like trying to kill Andy Samberg through all these different. That's a good one. That's a good pick. Yeah, that one actually, like, I when it was one of my favorite movies to watch uh, during lockdown. It came out like right when things were like really bad, and it came out on Hulu. And I remember, like, me and my roommates were quarantined, and we all watched it together. So it hits close to home. Uh, and it was really fun. Every one of us loved it. Um, 
And uh, and yeah, Andy Samberg is one of my favorite comedians. And mm-hmm. Kristen Milioti, I know her only from like How I Met Your Mother, but uh, yeah, she's great too. She's super underrated. Also, great in Black Mirror. Would shout yeah. her out. And she's she's also in um, in The Wolf of Wall Street, I think. Yeah, she was his first oh, wife, yeah. and she's in Fargo season two. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you guys have watched, she's um, Patrick Wilson's wife in that. Yeah, so underrated actress Kristen Milioti, shout out. Yeah, for sure. And just like I love the aesthetic of this film uh like how the neon like the 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 desert and uh all that like i like like the cinematography is really cool and i really like how they integrate like the time traveling the time loop thing ironically um, i'm pretty sure this is made by a production company called neon i believe that's did true they, yeah did neon produce this yeah hulu and neon produced it oh fantastic they the also lo- made palm logo... Spr- uh, not palm springs um uh triangle of sadness and parasite yeah the, also the logo of palm springs is also like in neon on the cover yeah. so is the logo of neon <laughs> so my number four uh gal said it already but i stayed quiet it's uh edge of tomorrow i hey. I, I love edge, edge of tomorrow i only found i only discovered this movie this year so i never watched it in theaters uh, but you're damn right. I think is Lyman's favorite, um, at least for me, is my uh, is Lyman's best movie for me. And mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are so freaking good in this movie. And um, I the story is like really surprising and like it's kind of weird that I put like two time loop movies in here, but because uh, <laughs> I don't really like that concept that much. But it really works, especially in these two movies and especially in Edge of Tomorrow. Like it's uh, it's such a dark word and so fucked up, and like discovering that word with Tom Cruise as his character, I have no idea what his name is. Also, uh, I think it's Bill Cage or something. That's also, horrible. shout out to to the late Bill Paxton, who's so good oh, in this movie. Yeah, he's really good. Um, he he killed it. Also, speaking of time travel movies, there's some really bad ones. I have never seen Happy Death Day. Have you guys seen it? No. Never will. <laughs> uh, I've always stayed away. I don't know if I should. People say it's like uh, one of those dumb good movies. That's what I've heard. It's all those Christopher it's... Landon slasher movies like Freaky that are like ironically good. Exactly. Like, like dumb like fun. Yeah. And um, so that's my number th- four. My number three, Chris already said it as well. It's uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, it's my favorite X-Men movie of all time. Um, I love it so, so, so much. Like, um, it's pretty close with X2 and uh, X-Men First Cl- uh, First Class and Logan, which are all my favorite X-Men movies. I, I'm literally the same way. Uh, I, like, but, like, with X-Men in the title, this is my favorite movie. And, um, yeah, I, I watch this movie, like, probably once a year, and I always have a freaking blast. And when I did the rewatch was also, again, that's when I found out that, wow, that's really my favorite one. And, uh... Yeah, I could pop this movie on, like, any day and have, like, just such a good time. Like uh, Chris said, Hugh Jackman is fantastic in it. Um, I love having the two different actors for each uh, for each character. I think that adds a whole other layer to these types of movies that we didn't have back then in 2014. Like, today's pretty normal to have, like, uh, different versions walking around and all that with, like, all this multiverse bullshit. But, like, back then it was, like, really something new. And, uh, yeah, especially loving the comics. Like, that, that was a that So, was a I think blast. out of all the X-Men movies, this one had the most stacked cast. Because you had both Charles and Eric's. You had Holly Berry, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, yeah. uh, Elliot Page. Everyone was so good. 
Yeah, yeah, that 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 movie is honestly fantastic, and I and I still want to believe that the ending of that movie is the actual ending for uh for the foxes uh for the foxes X Men. I hate that they did like they all two die. other shit movies after that. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Professor X probably killed them all in between this and Logan. That no, that ma- that makes me glad actually that like he killed all of them after I watched <laughs> Dark Phoenix. I'm like, yeah, you all should die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I feel bad. This I definitely would have put this in Tenet over Bill and Ted, but I'm still glad I shouted out Bill and Ted. It's a different movie for us to to have here. So Chris, what's your second one? Then Gal's second one, and then we'll, mm-hmm. after mine we'll do first. Yeah, absolutely. So my my number two is in a conventional, like, you don't think of it as a time travel movie because there isn't really time travel to the third act. Uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. It is oh, my favorite Harry Potter Fuck movie. Me. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't I think it this one. I want to put yeah. it on now. <laughs> like, as soon as you said oh, Harry my... Potter, I knew where you were going. And I was like, damn it. That's a really yeah. good shout. That's like my favorite part. Also movie. better than Bill and Ted, even what though I, I still love Bill and Ted. That's in my top 20 movies of all time. I think I love that movie so damn much. Yeah, I, yeah, I love it because Quaron comes in and like flips the script on the first two like Chris Columbus directed movies where they're like family friendly. This one has a dark edge to it. You've got Sirius Black and Remus Lupin introduced and it's just like a brilliant third act watching everything play out through like the other perspective. It's such a smart movie. It had to be on this list for me. Good. I think so, that's so honestly good. some of the best time travel we've seen in movies. That's And it's and weird I didn't... it's not sci-fi. It's like magic. Like that's yeah. really like, man... Chris, you've won this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're defeated here sitting in the studio. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I wish I put it on mine now. It would have been my second now that I thought about it, but yeah. Because it can't be my number one because that's like my favorite time travel movie. But that's a really close second. Love that mm-hmm. pick, Chris. How yeah, about you, Gal? Okay, number two for me. You guys are going to have to chill out as to why this is my number two, but I will get to it. Oh, no. Number two is Back to the Future. Okay. But you will understand better once we get to my number one why Back to the Future is only number two. Okay, I know that's a crime, just, but... Just to to reiterate something, I don't think we actually sat on the episode, but we said to each other before, like when we were planning this, we were capping this uh, one movie per franchise. So like it, one MCU movie, one X-Men movie. So like if you put one Back to the Future movie, you can only pick one from the... From the three Even though I do, I wouldn't put any of these movies below Back to the Future three. It's still a fun movie, but I wouldn't put Back to the Future three on my top five. Yeah, over, I would like never, Edge of Tomorrow. I would definitely not. But like two and one could have been on my top five, maybe. No, two is a lot of fun still. I think so, three is slept on. It's the worst, but I still have so much fun with it. It's still a lot of fun. It's it's mm. the same situation that I just said with like Nolan. Like it's it's still like uh like an eight out of ten movie at least for me. But like because the other ones are like. In my opinion, ten out of ten. Like uh, it's uh, it's hard to compete. But they still have like um, Biff's grandpa, who's the villain, and he still goes like, "I hate manure." There's still some good moments. He still looks, but it's the not exact top five for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Even though generations have passed, <laughs> but it's funny. I, I what's love the first. actor who plays Biff? I I've, like he's always been the, the biggest, but I don't know his name though. I don't remember his name. Uh, so uh, so okay, so. So your second one was Back to the Future. That's right. Wait, um, Thomas F. Wilson. Okay, shout out Thomas F. Wilson. Okay, my, probably the biggest bully of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Hello, anyone home? Think McFly. So my second one has also already been said here uh, by Chris. It's uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, I this is my fa- my favorite MCU movie. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's n- No Way Home, <clears throat> but like 
it really depends it's between the two of them all the time uh but yeah this is the best experience i ever had in a movie theater i think i went you know midnight with my two best friends and like it was probably like one of the best things ever <laughs> i mean i remember like the anticipation and like you know buying the tickets like a month before when they were all sold out and like my friend had to actually i was at work and we were trying to get the ticket like and the site kept crashing like oh, all no. the websites were, were crashing and my i, I knew my that. best friend lived like a block away from the movie theater that we wanted to see so i called him like desperately and i was like just run there and try to get it physically fuck it and he just went he ran it he got the tickets for us <laughs> we went opening weekend and it was like one of the best time. it was gabs you know gabs yeah um so that's he's the, dedication he's the one that did that that's dedication. Um, so yeah uh that was fantastic and like i really lo love how they incorporate time travel in this movie um sometimes it doesn't make sense but to be fair all these movies don't make sense really if you if you start breaking down uh but like i really love how they played with like alternate realities and um uh you know the the emotional beats of like you know Cap seeing Peggy in the past, Tony seeing his dad, like those kind of things really hit. Uh, with Peter and Gamora as well, like all that um, that tension. So yeah, it's it's one of my favorite time travel movies for sure. For reference, I probably would have put Endgame if I'd thought about it. I don't know why other movies popped in my head first, but I can't argue. Like I love Endgame. There's no excuse as to why it's not on my top five. I just think of these more as time travel movies. Endgame is more of superhero movie yeah i know that's mean. fair okay chris you're number one it's no surprise it's the generic pick but it's the only answer in my opinion back to the future i think a lot of people have this in like their top 10 favorite all time i got a poster hanging on my wall right over there i think it's a perfect script yeah same it's i think it's the most rewatchable movie ever made is in contention for and it's so brilliant just from the opening how they pair someone who's always late with marty mcfly with uh, Doc Brown, whose gadgets don't always work. And then, of course, uh, Marty gets sent back to you know the past, the 1955 year, and he has to work with him to get back to the future. Like It just fires on all cylinders. I think it's a brilliant movie. It's quotable. I know, Gal, you were quoting uh, you were quoting Diff earlier. He's an iconic movie villain. And uh, all around, it's just, it's one of those all-timer movies, and it's like the definitive time travel movie to me. Yeah, and I love that like in a time travel movie, the biggest villain is some small-town bully. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's no like external force that's like the timekeepers or something weird in this franchise. It's really just the tannins and they're generation long like bullies. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's there's always new things to discover with Back to the Future. Like Yeah, I think we've um uh we've watched together once, right, Gal? We went we did so. like a movie like a watch party with a bunch of our friends from, uh, from oh, yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. Um at one of their places and it was like such a blast i think it was last year that we did that uh -huh. and um yeah i think i w also watch this movie every year like it's mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies like you said of all time i think it's in my top 10 if not it's like in my top 15 for sure um and yeah this is the quintessential uh <laughs> time travel movie it like you said it is kind of like the boring pick but it's also like the best pick like there's no other movie that's better than this one as a time travel movie in also uh, if you look, there's a good soundtrack there. You got Johnny Be Good, which this movie introduced me to, and then The Power of Love by Huey Lewis, which was actually nominated because they wrote the song for the movie soundtrack, and now I listen to that song a lot. 
Yeah. yeah. A, Even Mr. Sandman's a, classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a good movie. If you're not creeped out about the mum thing, 10 out of 10 movie. So, Alan, what's your number one? Because uh, that, that was your number one as well, right, Gal? Uh, I, I said it was my number two, but... Ah, okay, so... Uh, Do we want to get to that? Okay, no, my number one, I guess it's better for me Let's to go, go to Alan and then we'll go. Because... Technically, yes, it is Back to the Future 1, but I wanted to do something different. Did bro really pick Back to the Future 2? <laughs> I picked Back to the Future 2. <laughs> I love Back to the Future 2 so much. It is, it's, as a movie, I understand it's not as good as the first one. But, like, as my favorite, I do like it better than the first one. Like, just personally. Even though I can admit that it's not as good. Uh, yeah, that's my that's definitely my favorite super um superhero. My de- uh, definitely my favorite like time travel movie of all time. Um, I really like the idea of like going to the future and coming back. Like, and it was the first movie I think that ever did that like really well. And uh, I love the exploration of twenty fifteen, which is not, yeah, they really accurately not, captured not, it. Not nearly as cool <laughs> to live in this decade as they as it seemed like it was gonna be. Wait, guys, I got to go uh, catch a bus on my hoverboard. I'll be right back. Yeah, that, like, definitely not as cool to live right now as, as it sounded. But, uh, yeah, What's as it? a kid, that just blew my mind. Because yeah. uh, I, I think I watched it in probably, like, what, 2005, 2004, something like that for the first time. And I was like, oh, holy shit, 10 years from now, I'm going to be flying around in a hoverboard. <laughs> and that definitely did not happen. But Making like uh, pizza with a little thing that expands out into a full pizza. Ex- yes. The, we do have the shoelace thing, I guess. But it's expensive Wasn't as hell. Marty, like, confined to a wheelchair in this? Someone was confined to a wheelchair in this movie. Or, like, super obese. I don't remember. Like maybe one of them marty was in the future. No. Or he was just a couch potato. He was a couch potato, I think. I like, don't the think future was- Marty... Um, in 2015. I and love then... the gigantic FaceTime TVs that they had as well. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. This movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, I, I thought it was it so like much. so insane that like Grandpa Biff took the sports almanac and he was so smart. Like he left it with, with young Biff and this like created like created the rich Trump Biff. future. Yeah. And then you're, <laughs> and then it was so intense. Cause like, he's going back to the same thing he did before. So something has to go wrong here. Right. Like that was always like when I was a kid, I was like holding my seat during that part. Yeah. Like, um, smartest move, uh, villain move in a lot of these time travel movies was that one. Like that was a genius move. And, um, yeah, I really like the idea of seeing like these three different realities of what could have been, uh, yeah. Again, the first movie to do that in a meaningful way. And like, yeah, I, I, I don't have any, I, I can't talk like how, about how much fun this movie is for the rest of my life. So I'll just stop. And but then I want to mention real quick before you move on how they go back to the end of Back to the Future 1 at the end of Back to the Future 2. And he's like revisiting it and like trying not to disrupt that timeline. Like it's again, these are smart movies. If you think too much about them, it'll like send you in this weird spiral mentally because it just messes with you. But it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I love how it begins because also they had no idea if Back to the Future 1 was going to do well but it ends on a cliffhanger and in my opinion it's one of the best payoffs to a cliffhanger maybe in cinematic history except for when they recasted uh, they had to recast um, Jennifer with oh, Elizabeth yeah, his, Shue his girlfriend that's right yeah shout out Elizabeth Shue though great actress what's your number one Gal? okay so I went with number two for Back to the Future because number one in my heart is The Terminator um, how is the hell is that not a top five? 
Terminator. Every time that we do these top fives, we always hate it. <laughs> so I know Back to the Future deserves to be number one, but in my heart, Terminator one and two. This I'll say the Terminator because, um, because it just deserves to be talked about. It's always going to be one of my favorite movies. I also discovered it it's such a a big movie lover point in my life where I was not only watching like family movies or Marvel movies. Um, and this was like one of the movies that got me to love action movies and so on. And it's a very simple plot. You know, some people think that there's like horror elements to it too, because the whole time it's Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor being chased in a regular world by this robot from the future. And Linda Hamilton, she isn't like as capable yet as she's in the second movie in which she's badass, but she's still very good. And the action scenes are still epic, especially like the colors in the clubs or the big the parking garage chase or the end in the factory. I mean, if you've seen Back to the Future, you got to watch The Terminator if you love action movies. Like, I feel like there's those are two movies, Back to the Future and Terminator, that almost nobody dislikes. Yeah, I... I... Okay, yeah, the Terminator movies, I've only seen the first two, and I enjoy them a lot, but it's been years since I've seen them, so i got to give them a revisit. I did prefer the first, which I think was a hot take. I liked how it was more of like a horror movie. The second one, you get like straight-up action. Um, But yeah, I I enjoy them. There's no denying they're classics. Yeah, those are... One and two are two of my favorite movies of all time. Um, And and then, yeah, not much else to say. Genesis, don't watch it. Salvation, don't watch it. Dark Fate is whatever. I didn't watch the third one. I have only seen the first, the second one, and Dark Fate. (laughs) Like, Dark Fate's okay, but it's not a must-watch either. But Genesis is pretty bad. Salvation's really bad. Like, skip those. I haven't seen Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, but I hear it's is also this, is that terrible. No, no, Terminator Salvation is Christian Bale. Okay. Also not very good. It's him either. and Sam Worthington, Bryce Dallas Howard. I watched it's like a full-on with, uh, Emilia Clarke. That's Genesis. And 1 and 2. So that's these are the three ones. Wait, so you did see Dark Fate or you didn't see Dark I Fate? I did not. I, oh. thought, I thought that was Dark Fate. <laughs> no, Dark Fate's with Linda Hamilton. So definitely don't. I did not. Uh, oh that yeah that's the one the new one right yeah with Mackenzie davis with the deadpool director um okay uh so i'm mad at my list now yeah me too Uh, like why didn't i put tenet and x-men uh and avengers my updated list (laughs) and harry potter edge of tomorrow and uh and uh, palm springs are relegated to seven and six and my new number five is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Cheating. And my new number four is uh, Terminator, because it's also one of my top 15 movies of all time, so it's ridiculous that it's not on my list. I just forgot about it. I'll stand by shouting out 12 Monkeys and Edge of Tomorrow, though. But I would, like, interchange them with Tenet and X-Men, though. Bill and Ted, still great. Sorry, Bill and Ted. I'm, I'm bashing on it a lot. Even though it's not my number five, I still love Bill and Ted. Uh, so watch that and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Also, we didn't talk about it. But I have a soft spot for Men in Black 3, which I think is such a good oh, time travel so movie. it's so fun. It's so, I think so it's fun. the best Men in Black movie, better I, than the first. I don't agree, but, but it's the second Yo, because <laughs> you also got Josh Brolin doing a perfect young Tommy Lee Jones. And the villain's name is literally Boris the Animal. Um, y'all, know, y'all don't know how many times I've watched this movie. Uh, it's so good. And Will Smith goes back in time and meets his dad at like Cape Canaveral during the moon launch. It's... Watch Men in Black 3, even if you I haven't seen the others. Yeah, I haven't seen the third. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, shout out, Men in Black. I personally, it's a very hot take. I think it's better than the first. The Ooh. new Black Man sucks ass, the one with Chris Ramsworth, but like the whole trilogy, I think, before that was pretty fun. I didn't like two that much either, but one and three are as great. As a kid, I loved the three of them, but as an adult, I only loved the first and the third one. Um, actually, I take that back. It's not Terminator that would be my number four. It's Terminator 2. Awesome, so let's talk about something that probably a lot of more people don't like as much as all these movies that we just talked about. If you've been watching our show a long time, you know that like this is like my favorite thing ever and I've been depressed for the last 10 years uh, because everything kind of sucks. And even when they're good, the conversation around it is horrible. <laughs> so, welcome to our new DC episode. We're going to be talking about <laughs> The Flash now. And... Um, how it made me sad and happy at the same time. So, like, um, The Flash uh, just came out. It was directed by Andy Moschetti, who directed the the It movies. It 1 is really good. It 2. Hated It 2. Not great. It 1's a lot of fun. It 2. I don't know how you feel, Chris. Did you like those movies? First one's fun. The second one I was so, so painful to sit through. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's the same movie, but with adults. And it's, like... Longer than Interstellar or some shit. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that's my directed by Annie Muschietti and written by Christina Hodgson, but not really, because this movie has so many people in the like story by credits because it's been through so many iterations. Um, I think uh, the guys from Game Night, what's their name? Yeah, um, they're credited story Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Yeah, they're credited as a story. I think. And then they dipped to do a much. Actually, I don't know if it's a better... D&D is a surprisingly I, I good movie. Yet, I won't say like, better, because we'll get to it. Yeah, I still wish they finished The Flash, uh, but whatever. Uh, anyway, so written by Christina Hudson, and it stars uh, the the very fun person, uh, Ezra Miller, um, as Barry Allen, The Flash, Michael Keaton as Batman, Ben Affleck as Batman, Sasha Kale as Supergirl, um, and a bunch of other people that we'll get on especially in our spoiler section um i'll give my thoughts first uh gal knows how much i love dc now i guess chris knows too (laughs) it is actually my favorite thing and i love the flash i love the comics in the flash and i even loved the tv show like 10 years ago uh like the first two seasons can't help you on that one uh nobody can uh (laughs) it's not great I actually had a lot of fun watching this movie. Besides the wonky-ass CGI that, like, really took me out of it at a lot of the points, and Andy Muschietti apparently said it that that's, that was on purpose. If that was on purpose, Wait, it was what? a stupid decision. Because he wanted people to be, like... He wanted people to f- see as the Flash sees, and apparently the Flash sees everyone as bad CGI. I don't know. It um, looked like clay. Is that what you're talking about? Like, the clay yeah, scene? Like, that, but, like, also when they were kind of clayy, when they were, like, in, running really fast or something like that, okay. it was supposed to be Barry's vision. So, I don't agree with that at all. I think, like, that's a very stupid decision. Uh, but, again, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. And I had a smile on my face throughout, like, 95% of it. So, uh, and I know Gao actually had a good time, too. Chris, tell us what you thought about this movie. Yeah, so I enjoyed my time for about 
two-thirds of the movie, and then I, we'll talk about it in the spoiler part, but it really fell off the rails for me. I'll get into why. Um, and I, I like the ending, like the whole final 40 minutes really soured my overall experience with this one. Um, I can't lie, seeing Keaton back was great. He, he carried the movie for me. Like, so much so that I would have rather just seen a, a solo Batman movie with him, honestly, because uh, he was the best part. I wish we got more Supergirl, obviously. She was great with what she was given. I don't know if she had the strongest writing or screen presence. Um, but yeah, the, I, I like you said the CGI and you mentioned those things. And if those like if that moment it's supposed to be, you know, it's on purpose that it looks like poor, like a PS2 graphic, that's fine. But to me, the one thing that I cannot look past in this movie, <laughs> the one thing I can't look past in this movie is the fact that anytime there were two berries on screen, one of the berries looked like Ezra Miller. The other berry, the face was so wonky, at least the cut I saw. And it's it's embarrassing because if you look Why at a movie like The it? Social Network, I saw it June 6th. Mm-hmm. So I saw it like nine days before it came out. Okay, because mm-hmm. I think, at least in mine, I didn't feel that way. Did you feel okay. that way in yours, though? No, I saw other people, um, at least like the big reviewers who probably saw it early too, who said that it felt like... Ezra Miller, and then someone else edited. I personally didn't feel it. I actually thought to myself, okay. like, "Oh, they're doing a good job." Yeah, but we watched. Maybe it they changed something, like but I doubt it. Ago, yeah. like we watched it on premiere, and I've okay. heard like that actually in these big. Yeah, movies, I watch it in theaters regularly. They, they still do CGI and they edit until like the day of release nowadays. Really? Uh, if it's if it's a digital release, like if it's not like on film, which this definitely wasn't. Um, they they mess around with it until the day it comes out. So I'm pretty sure we watched like a different cut. Can someone back okay, us yeah. in the then, comments? Because I don't know if that applies for this movie. Yeah, well, well if I rewatch, Warner Brothers you know, is never gonna tell us. <laughs> <laughs> they're never gonna tell us no. Um, but I did still find it distracting, even in certain fight scenes. It just for a studio like Warner Brothers, come on now. Like I mean, I'm not asking for the best CGI of all time, but it was it lacking. Has been in development for six months. <laughs> yeah exactly you know they've had so much time years and years so yeah and i felt there was like a pretty rushed finale i don't know about you guys but i I didn't like the ending i did like the setup you know this time travel adventure it had back to the future tropes in the first act so i enjoy a lot of this movie but i can't look past my big issues in the in the third act the ending probably was tweaked a lot in the last like six months because of the situation this season right now uh so it kind of sucks that we'll never actually get to see the real ending of this movie, of the one that Andy Muschietti actually wanted us to, to see. Of course, he's mm. probably going around now saying that this is his ending, but that's just studio line. Like, um, he probably filmed... No, there's actually reports he filmed something completely different oh. as the real ending, which we'll get more into the spoilers because that actually would have been way better, in my opinion. Um, what I... Give us your opinion on, uh, on the movie. Yeah, I actually really liked the movie. It was honestly... As far as a Flash movie goes and all the troubles it went through, this is maybe the best that I hoped that I was hoping it would get. From the trailer, I thought it was like taking itself kind of like every time this was being marketed as like the big like event of the DCU that's going to change the continuity forever. It felt like like it was going to take itself too seriously. And so I was so glad that when the movie started that it was just being this really fun, playful uh, time travel action comedy um and Ezra Miller you know troubles aside I think he gave the movie a lot of like nervous um humor and energy and I think also you know I'm at least talking about like earlier on like the way that the Flash 
moved like through the action scenes was cool in the beginning uh like when he was saving people like before before he gets into the speed force because obviously i think like the whole like there's there's like an arena that he goes through when he like yeah. actually goes back in time in, and that um, was odd in the comics that's called like uh the um, the treadmill or like the something mm-hmm. treadmill like the time treadmill something like that and yeah it does not it they did not translate it, didn't it translate very out. well to the movie screen and yeah, besides that, like I was honestly just having a really fun time through the whole movie and I thought the humor worked. I thought Michael Keaton added so much to the movie because he just has this natural charm and they, they choreographed his action scenes as Batman so well that I think it's even better than if they had just had Ben Affleck there the whole time. I'm not a Batfleck hater. Like I think the casting or his performance is better than some of the movies that he led, but uh it's just i thought keaton did so well and it offered the movie like another side not just fan service and sasha Kelly, i think gave the movie a lot as supergirl also would have been yeah. more interesting than it would have been if it was just henry cavill as superman again just because um it gave us this new edge of like like the edgier part of the movie like her versus general zod on that end though i don't think bringing back general zod as the villain added a lot to the movie and i think it just for five minutes and yeah he had like five lines and there was also like just like the same like white color palette that man of steel had and it was trying too much to remind you hey we're going back to man of steel without but that makes sense because it's supposed to take you to exactly that time so i understood that choice and I guess I like Man of Steel more I than wish, you, but like... Uh, no, I do like Man of Steel. I just wish they had done a little bit, something differently with the visuals. But just Zod as the villain, I don't think he did much to benefit the movie. If they were going to change it, and they did change a lot, they probably should... What's her name? The, uh, his uh, back... Uh, like his... Not his back, Like Faora? Uh, Faora, yeah. They should have had her as the villain, because she, she was very sidelined in, um, in Man of Steel. And it could have been very interesting to have her... As she had, like, no lines villain. in this movie. Yeah, she had no lines in the movie. No, but what I mean is more just, like, the visuals of it. Because they yeah. had, like, the like a spaceship arriving in Metropolis. And it looked like a shot from Batman vs. Superman or Man of Steel. It could have been. It was honestly. like, it could have... Yeah, so but, that part was that, like, okay. But they were trying to do, like, show you a different side of that same scene. So it should be exact... Should look exactly the same. Because, like, they were, they were showing Barry's side of it. So, yeah, I think it's... I think I think the CGI bothered me more like during the the Speed Force treadmill thing. Honestly, oh, that than was it did. awful. It did here. Um, okay. So, uh, any general thoughts before we get into spoilers? Because there's no way to talk about this movie accurately without talking about the spoilers. There really isn't. I feel like we have to dance I will around also it all. Say, uh, I got. I want to hear you guys' take on this. Uh, first of all, I thought Maribel Verdu did really good as Nora Allen. Um, Little shout out, if you guys haven't seen Alfonso Cuaron's E2 Mama Tambien, it's a great little movie. It was the really big breakout for Diego Luna and Gael Garcia Bernal in their early 20s, and she's the other lead role. She's really good in this movie, and she was great here as well. I thought she was super well cast. And then Kiersey Clemens, I thought was good, but she was so underused. So underused. And I'm so scared that like they'll yep. recast this gang. And such a good actor wasted in this role. I'm afraid of that. That's all. Yeah. Um. Because the whole thing is that this should have been a Flash movie because it's the first Flash movie, and then Iris West would have played a way bigger part in it. Um, yeah, if they could have still had Iris like in the back in t- in the 2013 scenes. That could have been something cool. That could have helped. Just because well, she's yeah. such an interesting actor, I've seen her in 
other things. If you all seen the movie Dope, and you know she was there because she was supposed to like date uh, Barry or something. In that, yeah, they were supposed in that to. Night, That's so. the saddest part of this movie is that he missed his date with Iris because of this mess. Yeah, to go on that stupid treadmill. Uh, so, uh, I, I actually, if we're talking about recast, I I hate that we lost Billy Crudup uh, as uh, Barry Allen's father because he's the one that played uh, Barry Allen's dad in Justice League. Um, the both. It's both apparently because of the morning show. He was busy with that. That's why he couldn't. Which come is back. ridiculous because like this movie took so long to come out. That the morning show hasn't had a new episode in like two years, so <laughs> so that's how my, how long ago this movie shot. Yeah, they greenlit this movie, then they had three or two seasons of morning show, one yeah. shooting or editing now, and then they had the movie. Yeah, so he could have been here. <laughs> um, Chris, what do you think of the rest of the cast? Yeah, you know, I Keaton stole the show. It's great to see Batfleck back. I I really am saddened that they never gave him his own solo movie ben affleck as batman because i thought that he was just this brooding batman especially in like bvs and i I wish we got more of that so that's a shame but all around i mean the cast was fine i wasn't bothered by like any singular performance in the movie um it it was around the around uh, across the board i would say solid cast i my big issue comes from like the the plot the resolution of it all which i'll talk about soon yeah okay uh, since uh, I guess I'll leave my comments to of Michael Keaton that apparently didn't say anything, even though he's one of my favorite uh, favorite Batman. Like, I've only watched the '79 Batman like for the first time like about five years ago, something like that. Isn't it like '82? Wait, '89. Wait, sorry, not '89. Yeah, you messed with my head there for a sec. '89 <laughs> and '92 are the his two movies. Yeah, I've seen. My those. favorite is actually Returns from uh, that era. Uh, his second movie. Returns is much better in my opinion. Um, uh, but anyway, he's great in both of them, and I love the callbacks in this movie. I know they're spoiled in the trailer, but like, um... wait, he's Batman? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I really love his callbacks, and they feel there's no way to make that sound natural callbacks like that. But like, they made it as natural as it could have been. Uh, and I think it's all because of uh, Keaton's delivery. He's such a great actor. And yeah, he he plays the shit out of Batman. Even like, what, 40 years later? So yeah, he, he's still Bruce Wayne, which is crazy. Uh, so I think let's... just like, oh, oh I was going to say, I just think as a performer, first of all, Batman is something that's followed him all his career. Like he still takes pride in that. But I think as a performer, Michael Keaton's just someone who, Unless he's in like one of those shitty action B movies, he's always giving it like a hundred percent. Whether he's Beetlejuice or Birdman or so on, I felt so and bad everyone, he lost Oscar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He deserved that, but he's always like everyone loves to see him. Like his energy is always so charismatic and pure, and I think he was honestly really excited. You can feel that in his performance to be Batman again, yeah. Bruce Wayne. Okay, let's get into some spoilers uh, for the Flash. Um, so let's start with, uh, the cameos, I guess, then we'll go to like the, the plot and uh, then we'll do like some, uh, yeah. So we open with like, it's a really good scene in Gotham. I personally think it was a really good scene. It's basically a Justice League scene, which is It felt like the the comic book energy that DC's always been trying to nail. Yeah. It felt like they got it with Ben Affleck riding through his Batman, like shooting missiles and shit. And then... 
within the first five minutes, Gal Gadot's there. So that's a way to start the movie to be like cameo heavy. Yeah, I, I have one problem with that scene. I hated the whole baby thing. That re- like, not because I'm like, oh, that's a real baby. No, I don't care about that. But like, they looked so freaking creepy. It took me out of the movie so bad. Those CGI babies, that like, I just wanted that scene to be over. So and that little part I hated, but like everything else in that begin in like that opening scene was fantastic the fact that it all that it all took place in like five minutes with the guy doing the sandwich and like uh i love ben affleck he's like like chris said like he's one he, i think he's he might be my favorite batman i love really? him so much um and um uh like and he gives it all to this performance every time like it's really good and it really sucks that he didn't get his movie i just um, I don't know about you guys, but I think like here they were trying, they were finally like figuring out that tone with him and Jeremy yeah. Irons as Alfred. And I was like, yeah, shame that the, he's saying this is his last movie because he's doing so well and he's yeah. really enjoying this space in the universe. And it was a great little Justice League adventure. Even though I would have had rather like that they all came in from the beginning and had like the whole scene together instead of like uh, Barry and then Batman popping up and only then uh, Wonder Woman. I rather they just. They would all be together. And, uh, of course, Cyborg is not in good terms with Wonder Brothers right now. But, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, like, I love that little Justice League thing. Like, it, I always want, like, to see something like that. It reminded me of, like, the the cartoon when I was a kid. Like, the JLA cartoon. And, like, um, yeah, it was it was just great. And when Gagado showed up, we, we live in Israel, Chris. So, like, uh, everyone here freaks the fuck out whenever Gal Gadot shows up anywhere. <laughs> and people are not 100% sure she's going to show up. In Fast X, people freak the fuck out. And it was the same thing uh, right Oh, and now. Shazam. This is the year where yeah, she's just Shazam getting as well. she got, like, easy three, money. <laughs> she got three standing ovations for just showing up in this country. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, yeah. So, that was fun. And I, I love her. She's great as, uh, as Wonder Woman. Um, so yeah, so those are the first cameos. Uh, then of course we get, we had Keaton, which is not really a cameo. Um, what's the cameo that comes after that? Cause it, for a while it's just a, it's just Barry with Barry for like a long time. Uh, and his roommates, which is like a really funny scene. Okay. I want to say one thing. Um, one of his roommates, I forget his name. Um, I forget the character's name, so that you guys know who I'm talking about. It's probably um, the the guy that was in this Albert? underwear. No, <laughs> like, yeah, it's him, uh, Albert. Yeah, so he's played by Rudy Mancuso, and this is a guy who I followed on YouTube a lot. Like he would just do funny videos on YouTube, and he eventually like collabed with Mike Tyson and Steph Curry. This guy was like a big part in my my high school YouTube life, and I'm so glad that he's getting big movies now. And I'm pretty sure he's like dating Camila Cabello. What? I'm not. I'm not 100%. Is that true? I'm not. Sure. Uh, Camila Mendez. Sorry, Camila Mendez from Riverdale. But yeah, shout out Rudy Mancuso. Great guy. Yeah, he was really funny actually in uh, in that scene. And I love. I mean, I also we gotta mention the... the Eric Stoltz Back to the Future joke. That's like, what I, I was gonna say right yeah. now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, we I just talked about it. Scene, yeah. In that scene, like, oh, like they talk about like the movies, uh, they, like the. The time travel movies differences in the time travel movie. I love that. Mm. that I was, was so laughing fun. so hard. I don't. 
Uh, you guys can help me. It was like Kevin Bacon and Footloose. No, Kevin Bacon and Top Gun. I don't remember who was in Footloose, but you guys can the whole Eric Stoltz joke. Um, I thought it was so funny, and no one else in my theater got it. Yeah, no really? one in the theater got it as well for mine, but like I, I was badly laughing. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched the episode of Netflix of how movies were made or something like that, that they go through all that, if you don't know what we're talking about, about the making of uh, Back to the Future. Uh, but anyway, like, yeah, Eric Stoltz basically shot for a week. They realized it was crap. They scrapped it and they got, um, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, Thank yeah. You. Jesus Christ. So anyway, Michael J. Fox was the one in um, in Footloose, and Kevin Bacon was the Got one it, in, yeah. uh, in, uh, in Top Gun. I wish they said something about uh, Tom Cruise. Like, where did Tom Cruise go if he wasn't in Top Gun? Tom Cruise? You mean the guy from The Matrix? <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Um, so yeah, after that, we actually don't get a lot of cameos throughout the movie. It's more towards the end. Um, but we did get Tamora Morrison in one scene. Yeah, we got Tamora Morrison. And actually, in that scene that we're talking about right now, that's when we got him. Because uh, that's when Barry finds out that none of the Justice League members are in this timeline. Because um, he tried to, to get in contact with all of them. And Tamora Morrison, if you don't know, is... Uh, um, is um, Thomas Curry. Thomas Curry. He, so he's Aquaman's father. And the father of Stephen Curry. No, it's kidding. It's uh, Del Curry. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, that, that's, that was a fun cameo when he's like, Arthur, my dog. And like, it's just a shot of a dog. Uh, cause I guess he didn't, uh, ever meet, um, Queen Atlanta. What's her name in, uh, uh, yeah, Nicole Kidman. No, no. I was going to say in the, in the movie, I know Nicole Kidman's name. <laughs> you forgot Michael J. Fox. That's I fair. don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, I guess he, he had the misfortune of not meeting Nicole Kidman in this timeline. <laughs> um, so did we, we have not met her yet. Uh, but anyway, so that was fun. And then in the end of the movie, we had like some crazy cameo. So like first we had Zod, which is not really a cameo and not really that great. Um, then we found out that the dark flash was actually Barry Allen. Which I f- Did you guys not make that connection right away? Then I, I right away when she shows up and he pushes Barry out of the speed force, I was like, oh, okay. So that's, that's younger Barry. Like, they're going to go through this movie, he's going to become an asshole, and that's him. Like, out of time. Did you guys not make that connection right away? Was that not as obvious as I thought it was? Uh, I'll be honest, I, I don't even remember <laughs> exactly what we're referring to. Uh, when when he's trying to go back to his time after he saves his mom, Okay, yeah. Dark Flash shows up and pushes him out, which is how he falls in 2013. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like... Right away, I was like, oh, okay, so it's himself. Oh, shoot. I exa- Sorry, it took a sec for me to process yeah. it all. Cause, yeah, I, was like, I know himself. what you're talking about, yeah. Becomes- I didn't know what that was at first. I was like, what is? What the hell is that? But Maybe now, in retrospect, I do know. So, like, yeah. I, I right away, I was like, oh, that's Dark Flash, okay, that's yeah. him. So, like, because okay, uh, yeah. they did something really similar in the TV show with where okay. Barry becomes an asshole. Uh, and he has a very similar outfit. Um, but, like, anyway, so that, uh, that was the first one. Then, uh, towards the end of the movie, we have, like, that big multiversal thing. Is that the part that you hated, Chris, like, in terms of the CGI? Yeah. Go yeah, I hated it. that. When it was, like, all the different, like, universes, like, colliding, right? And it showed, like, uh, uh, 
it showed Christopher Reeve's Superman, I believe. It showed like Adam West Batman at one point. I couldn't stand that. Like <laughs> that whole final fight that went down with all the berries too. I was like, this is going off the rails for me. And then after all of that, I thought it was so rushed, like the court case. And then when Barry walked out, we'll talk about that in a sec. But like everything from like that point onward, when when the Barrys start like going back in time to try and save Supergirl and Batman, but they realize they're doomed. Like that's when the movie kind of lost me. Yeah. So I'll say that I I loved what they were trying to do. And I hated the execution. Yeah, the, the whole clay thing was weird. You have Nicolas Cage's Superman, which is apparently something that Andy Muschietti spoiled oh, that months was so before. Good. I did not hear about I did not hear about that. And when he showed up, I almost jumped from my seat. I always wanted to see that. It kind of sucks that it was in CGI and not actually live action. Yeah, what if you just had Nick Cage like look up in his universe and he sees like a clout? Like that would have been better. But if you guys watching don't know, Nicolas Cage was supposed to be in Tim Burton's Superman Lives, which is a movie that got canceled. Yeah. And um, and so that's the whole joke. And then you had Christopher Reeve, the original Supergirl, Adam West's Batman from the series. Yeah, so um, uh, like you said, uh, Helen Slater's Supergirl. Uh, she's, uh, yeah. She was from the time that uh, of the original Superman movies. They did it. It was a sh- horrible movie did not work out for obvious reasons because it was shit. Uh, but she, she was actually pretty good. She wasn't that bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, they show up together because I guess that makes sense. They were, I think, in the same universe back then. But, again, the whole CGI thing just really ruined it for me because, like, as a DC fan, I had a smile on my face. I was like, oh, my God, look at this, look at this, look at this because I was like, this is all things I love. And seeing, like, Nick Cage and Adam West and all that, I was so happy, but, like, it looked so bad. And it, you have archive footage of all these people in costume. You could have just showed it. You could have shot Nicolas Cage in a studio somewhere, in a green screen, and it would have looked ten times better. Um, and, yeah, like, those cameos were amazing for me, but the CGI really took me out of it. I think what I would have changed is, I think they were setting up, um, like, in that last scene where... 2013 Barry, we'll call him, gets mad. Uh, Long hair Barry. He gets mad because um, Barry needs to go back in time and reverse the reversion of his mom's death. He needs to let his mom die at the end. And he was getting pissed. So I was like, oh shit, so he's evil Flash. So I thought in this moment he was going to become reverse Flash and then he's the real villain and Zod was just a red herring this whole time. But then they really rushed the ending with like uh, Timekeeper. He looked like a parademon. It's like old Ezra Miller. They, they were doing a similar thing to Lightyear where it was like old Buzz Lightyear coming out. And I didn't like that whole look. I thought he was like, I guess some timekeeper. I don't know, but he was, it was really rushed. Um, I, I would have liked if it was like a flash reverse flash, Barry no, versus Barry uh, battle. If he became reverse flash, every flash fan would have turned off the movie because that's so stupid. But I understand okay. what you mean. You mean in like the sense that it would be the villain. Right? Because he becomes Dark Flash, and that's like more comics accurate. Okay, I guess Dark Flash, Reverse Flash, but... No, Reverse Flash is the Flash's main villain. People will kill you in the comments for that. <laughs> no, I know there's an Eddie Thawne Reverse Flash, it's but... It's not Eddie Thawne. Wait, who's Reverse Flash then? It's uh, uh, it's Thawne, but not Eddie Thawne. Eddie Thawne is like his... Uh, his... Eobard Thawne, I don't know. Eobard Thawne. Yeah, I thought, I thought Eobard Thawne and Eddie Thawne are the same person. They're not. They're like, okay. they're like relatives. Chris, as you know, I have not read a DC comic <laughs> in a very long time. Um, 
It's, like there was barely a battle. It was just like yeah. stabby stab and then death. Yeah, because I have a feeling that's not the real ending to this movie. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, sh- they like, shot this like three months ago. That's why I totally agree with you guys that it was rushed. Yeah. Uh, but but there's no excuse for the CGI shit. That was a stupid choice because like, you could have made that probably easier with real people. <laughs> so there's no excuse. Yeah, it took for more. That. Maybe Nick um, Cage was busy in the press tour of massive talent. I don't yeah, fucking know. Yeah, because the only the only or some person, indie movie. The only person you needed was him because everyone else you could have gotten archive. Everyone else archive, is dead. Yeah, everyone else you could have gotten archive footage. You have the footage. You were Warner Brothers. You own it. Uh, Chris, anything else you have to say about? that ending about the climax yeah it, it it rubbed me the wrong way and it was like you said super rushed and then everything that came after i was like that's the end of the movie we'll talk about it very shortly i assume but it was like it basically was almost as abrupt as fast x to me not that bad but it was like i was like this is the end of the movie what yeah they jumped again a little bit there uh so the end of the movie uh half bad flash saves real flash i guess from really bad flash <laughs> i guess that's the i guess that's the the, the climax. we can call him kylo ren flash sacrifices himself from palpatine flash yeah which again if you're looking at time travel rules it makes no sense because it was actually him just becoming more evil so that makes absolutely no sense so uh, but whatever we all gave up on time travel rules in minute one of this episode um but he comes back. He was he. He has to be fair. I think that's the might be one of the best scenes in the movie, when he has to say goodbye to his mom, but she can't know that it's him. That really got me. Like that was really emotional. Because uh, imagining having to do that, that's so fucked up. Um, it's the hardest thing that Her- that Barry's ever had to do. That anyone would ever have to do. Yeah. Like, it's really fucked. Uh, but it's a really good emotional scene. Like, whatever you want to say about Ezra Miller, he kills it in this movie, like, mm-hmm. acting-wise. And that scene is, like, fantastic. You know what and- it reminded me of, the conversation you had with his mom? Chris, you've seen The Adam Project, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's yeah. that scene where yeah. Jennifer Garner's upset, and she's talking at the bar with Ryan Reynolds. And, um, and he's, similar. like, giving her advice, and she can't know that it's him. And she's like, you must have had an amazing mother. And he says, the best. So... Yeah. It reminded me almost exactly of that scene. I almost cried in that scene. I almost cried in this scene. <laughs> uh, so, shout um, out to our amazing moms shout out, out there. Shout out to our moms, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like he kills her <laughs> <laughs> after that. <laughs> uh, according to Annie Muschietti, it was the actual reverse Flash who killed her, which is uh, the actual comic. Which uh, is so dumb that they have to reveal that in an interview instead of. In an of- interview, yeah, that's so stupid. Uh, but like, yeah, that was the reverse flash who killed him. And in the original ending, it would have ended with him learning that reverse flash is the one that killed his mom. And he would have been the villain of the second movie. So do with that what you will. Uh, but, um, then he comes back. He could, he can't resist saving at least his dad. So he puts the can, uh, up there. So he shows up in the, um, cause he's like, He's like, it's okay, because like, it's not going to change anything until that point, because that's when they're going to look at the camera. He was wrong. <laughs> so he uh, so he went, so he comes back, everything looks the same. Uh, but then, Batman calls him on his phone, 
And he's like, oh, you're not gonna be, gonna believe what just happened, or whatever. By the way, could you guys tell right away that it wasn't Ben Affleck's voice? Because I could tell. I thought it was a Michael Keaton's voice. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. Keaton too. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was gonna be like some actor, but I didn't. I just knew it wasn't Affleck. I could tell from the voice. Yeah, it was I, older. Yeah, I could tell it wasn't. It wasn't Affleck, but I was sure it was Keaton. And again, this was the original ending to have Keaton be there. Uh, like that's been confirmed already. Like there were like photos, sh- like. There were photos of him shooting that exact scene. <laughs> so, um, so who is it? George fucking Clooney. Like the, I, I thought it was so funny. That was hilarious. I think this is a better ending actually than if Keaton came in. I think this is really funny. I, I loved the joke. Yeah, it was, especially like that movie's so shit on. So the fact that he was willing to come in and do this for the joke, I loved it. Yeah, and apparently, again, back story, back stuff for you guys. The situation was, when this movie was supposed to come out, Michael Keaton was supposed to be the Batman in the DCU instead of Affleck, and Sasha Kaye was supposed to be Supergirl instead of Henry, Ka- uh, Henry Cavill. So both him and her have been photographed filming that scene, showing up in the courthouse. Uh, and they were supposed to continue, like, you know, Batgirl and all that. Uh, after this. Wait, Henry Cavill wasn't in this movie. What? Wait. Sasha did... Kaya was Wait, supposed m- to show up. Oh, at the ending scene? Yeah. Wait, There's... but you said Henry Cavill. Instead he... of Henry Cavill. But he didn't show up in the ending scene. No, but like being the super oh, person okay. of that universe. Okay. Instead of Henry Cavill. So, um, so, so they changed this like th- five months ago when, um, James Gunn became the head of DC and they even shot another scene with Henry Cavill in that fucking courtroom uh, for because he had sh- just shown up in um, in Black Adam. So basically, the Batman was going to be Michael Keaton, and we were going to have two super people in the universe. Supergirl and Henry Cavill. Oof. And that also... So James Gunn came in, he was like, I'm not using them at all in my movies. So he apparently he called um, George Clooney personally, James Gunn. Wait, really? And asked him to be, to to replace Keaton. So that's that. That's what I, I I read that in Variety or something like that. So so there you go. That's your uh, your lesson for the day of the much better ending that we didn't get. So yeah, but it was funny. But like, yeah, I much rather had that. Yeah, I thought it kind of just ended on a whimper. Like, it was a good, cheap little... Like, it was a nice little laugh, but I was like, man. Like, the the movie that we had, like, in the first two acts was so much better than, like, the last act that it just kind of left with sour taste in my mouth. So, I guess... Like, what is your... What's the... What's your, like, interpretation of the ending, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like, so... Is the Flash in... I, it confuses me a little. I'm not going to lie. Cause I'm not a hardcore DC guy. So I just want to get like someone's insight. Who is, is he in the, the Clooney verse or is, is Clooney just like the Bruce Wayne there and things went so wrong in the timeline that this is like the new DC timeline. So, I think Clooney's is back for the gag to be so honest. I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think he's back yeah. as like actual Batman. I don't think he's going to be the Batman in uh, brave and the bold, which is James Gunn's universe. James Gunn said that the first character of DCU is going to be Blue Beetle. So I'm assuming not even Ezra Miller is going to be in that in that new universe. But he'll be around on this multiverse thing. But the new 
uh, universe that we're focusing on. I'm not sure. It's all very confusing right now. Yeah. Like I would love for uh for uh George Clooney to be the to be the Batman now. That would be great. I don't I don't I have I don't have a problem with that. It's the descendants but with costumes. I <laughs> like I don't have a problem with that. He's supposed to have a kid like it it could work. But like uh in The Brave and the Bold, which apparently Annie Muschietti is directing. Like it's been confirmed. I think that's a good decision to bring him personally. Uh, that he's directing the Batman movie within the within James Gunn's universe, The Brave and the Bold. So maybe George Clooney is the new Batman? I'm not sure. Everything is really confusing, right? Apparently Warner Brothers thought this was going to be a big hit. Uh, and they were thinking they were going to keep Ezra Miller because of the hit. But nobody showed up. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I don't think they're going to keep anything anymore. Any final thoughts besides my depression as a DC <laughs> fan? I got nothing, honestly. I was disappointed with the movie overall. Had had me hooked for a good bit, but uh, it could have been so much more, in my opinion. It's like a low positive score for me, like a three out of five. I would say personally, like seven and a half out of ten. Um, I honestly like really enjoyed myself, and I finished with a smile on my face, just because I was really expecting it to be like caught up in all the pretentiousness of trying to tease all this other stuff, and it, it really was just like having fun with itself. Even when like Sasha Kaye's Kali's character, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Kaye. Kaye, yeah, is supposed to be taking herself really seriously. Like she was having fun with it, and um, I just I enjoyed the tone personally. Even though maybe like the stabby stab at the end was a little rushed, um, but I do. It looks like right now Warner Brothers. I predict that they're still gonna push to keep Ezra Miller, even though he's been really problematic. But I don't know if that'll happen, just because they've been like bringing him to the premiere and and stuff. Uh, besides that, I don't know because Michael Keaton filmed something for Batgirl. Batgirl's not happening. I don't know if Keaton's coming back at all. I don't. Think is he, he is. like dead? Not dead? Whatever. But um, I think Sasha Kaye is Supergirl. I think she's gonna probably stay. Um, I really hope she's the ben Supergirl I- in that Supergirl movie that we're yeah, getting. Woman of Tomorrow. I would love that because she was really, really great. Hope. She was, she was really good. And like James Gunn's for sure keeping John Cena, probably Margot Robbie, maybe Zachary Levi. So I'd love for him to keep her as well. I think she did a great job. I mean, wish list Kiersey Clemens also, but you never know uh, what he's gonna do with the side characters in the Flash universe. We just got to recast uh, Henry Allen, so. And then also, um, shit, I just lost my tweet. Also, Ben Affleck has apparently filmed scenes for Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. No, that's, I don't know that's if they're... been deleted already. <laughs> Wait, are you for... Because yeah. they shot stuff with yeah. Ben Affleck, then with Michael Keaton. Yeah, so they're, and they're now both deleted. It's like... There's nothing there. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Like, is Batman needed for this movie? Are we going to introduce a new Batman at the end of Aquaman 2? Are they going to have Ben Affleck just for shits and gigs? Are they going to have multiple Batman, but they only use one? It's like Ben Affleck's hanging around. I don't fucking know. I don't know. think Ben Affleck exists anymore in the multiverse for them. I want, I want someone to find... Someone go to the comments and be like, what was the final line of Ben Affleck in the DCU? What was his final line in this movie? It's the one that he Don't said go to, back in time. I don't know. Yeah, it's when he's talking to Barry about that. And it's actually really nice. It's a scene where he's like, uh, our tragedy is what defines us or something like that, which is a really good final line yeah. for any character. Uh, when he's referring to his parents dying and Barry having to let go because we can't control everything. So actually, that's a pretty good final line. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I gave up hope in DC. 
But to be fair, every six months I yeah. I reunite that rope just to be let down again. So, so possibly rest in peace, Batfleck. And then one more thing I will ask before we wrap up this episode is what is you guys' favorite rules of time travel? Like the favorite, I guess, time travel mechanisms because there's always different ones on what changes what, how you can go, if there's a multiverse or not, if you can interact with the past. What's your favorite use of all of these or your favorite time machine devices, etc.? I would say that my favorite, uh, at least that made it the simplest to me, is Avengers Endgame when they were like, the past is is the past no matter what. Like if you go back in time to the past, it's not going to change this future because it's like already set in stone. And so when they go back in the past, it just creates another branch. It makes it easier instead of like the back to the future route where it could mess up the future. It gets a little jumbled. Or the flash route. Yeah. I like that. Um, So that that was a good rule. Even though they... (laughs) Even though I'm not sure if they follow it themselves in that movie, because then old Captain America shows up. But uh, yeah, he would yeah. have to jump back. Is what they is what they had to say. Yeah, but like he would be old. So I I don't know. Like he so he was always there. I'm not sure. Uh, so uh, I think f- uh, for me, I actually like the opposite because I like I, I like both actually. But like I have more fun with the opposite because I love seeing like the different it makes for a good plot yeah it's a really good plot seeing everything go to hell because you you wanted to save your parents because you wanted to like uh whatever i also love rich i don't know i also love when um first of all i love the time gps from endgame and i low-key wanted one of those after i saw endgame also i love in (laughs) i'm going back to men in black 3 here he has to jump off the tallest building i think like I think it's the Empire State Building. I don't remember. Yeah, he has to jump off the Empire State Building, and then right before he hits the ground is when he has is he's able to make the jump or something, and then he gets sent back up to the Empire State Building back in time. I think oh, that's yeah, so hilarious. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was so. Or fun. like, for example, in the Terminator, the time machine can only send back living tissue, so you have to go back in time naked. But uh, you also have like the. Um, the, what's it called? The thing from... It's just like a phone booth and Bill and Ted. There's a lot of good stuff. Or I do love the turnstile from Tenet. Like, it's, it's a whole... We could mm-hmm. talk about the rules in Tenet for hours, but I yeah. think it's so cool, the inversion thing. Yeah, and of course, uh, the the classic, the car from Back to the Future. Yeah, the, the increased sales in DeLoreans. The DeLoreans. I had, a, I had like, a little DeLorean when I, was like, when I was a kid, and it was, like, one of my favorite toys. Um... Okay, so that was that was actually a pretty good episode, a pretty great episode. Um, thank you so much, Chris, for uh, for joining us, uh, talking about the shit show that is my favorite brand, and uh, <laughs> actually having some fun talking about good time travel movies. Yeah, thank uh, you guys for having me. Yeah, tell tell us where tell the people where they can find you. <clears throat> yeah, so you can find me on YouTube uh, at Filmstocked. Same for Instagram and TikTok, and also Letterboxd. I do reviews over there so that's the those are the places you can find me same here what's up and then, we, we yeah. also do letterbox we, we, we never we'll we follow you <laughs> we'll follow you it's the first time we've plugged it great letterbox account and go follow him of course on youtube and instagram uh, and instagram as well part of this little uh film community that we're a part of uh you can find us as always film at film fanatic spot on instagram tiktok even though we haven't posted on tiktok in like a year uh and um on youtube of course which might be where you're watching this if not go follow us there uh again just film fanatics 
Uh, Gal, where can people find you? Um, so I'm active on our Film Fanatics account, so is Alan, and at Film Toppings on Instagram and YouTube. And Letterboxd. Yeah, my letterbox is at Alan as well. So there you go. Uh, so uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, and let's see what the future for the DC. Let us know what you hope will happen in the future of the DCU. It, it's just gonna burn in hell at this point. Uh, <laughs> okay, bye guys. Thank you for watching. Bye.